Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Nate Sachs is the founder and owner of Blueprints for Tomorrow. He has four decades of experience in succession, contingency, and key employee retention, and is also an author, credentialed national speaker, and advisor to over... 2,000 entrepreneurs. Nate's overall goal is to get business owners to work on their business instead of in their business. With passion, Nate frequently lectures across the country to business owners on various topics, having spoken to over 500 organizations. He has published over 200 articles and is a sought-after expert resource for publications about strategic business planning and exit strategies. Out of 150 speakers in their first year speaking for Vistage International, Nate received the Speaker of the Year Award and to date delivers 75 to 100 presentations a year. Nate, welcome to INI. Thank you very much. Well, we're excited to have you with us today, Nate. So Nate just isn't the founder of his own business. He's also a speaker with Vistage Worldwide, which is where he and I met a few months ago. So we're excited for you to share with us and our audience today much of what I learned with you in my Vistage meeting. So, Well, I am looking forward to sharing it with you, Lori. Uh, well, thank you. Tell us more about Blueprints for Tomorrow. Blueprints for Tomorrow is a company I started, uh, I'm guessing, 12, 13 years ago. Works, we have worked so far with over 3,000 business owners and really get involved in three areas. One I call preparing for unexpected, making sure every T is crossed, every I is dotted. In the event the owner dies, protecting the, the owner's family, their business and the finances depend upon that business. The second area is the attraction, maximization, retention of key people. And the third is how to escape what we call the business owner's retirement trap. When they wake up, Lori, one day and they have nowhere to go, they're living in an after-tax world, we're no longer having the use of the company checkbook, and they're trying to live on a taxable income in an ever-increasing taxable environment. So those are the three areas that I get involved in. And at what point, what was that that moment in time that you knew you wanted to start your own business? I started my own business, a financial service business, in 1977, coming right out of college. I just knew from the very beginning I did not want to work for anybody. <laughs> I, I, wanted, I wanted to control my own destiny, for better or for worse. Well, and I tell you, for better or for worse is so right, and, and so many of us listening today can relate to that. Talk to us about the, the middle part of the three areas that you focus in, attraction and maximization, maximization rather, of key people? Three out of four of your key people, Lori, on any given day perceive they've got a better place to go. Hmm. Whether they do or not, as you and I both know, in business today, perception is reality. And that is the, one of the biggest concerns of business owners. That's one of the things that keeps them awake at two o'clock in the morning, staring at the bedroom ceiling. How do I attract the right people, maximize the ones I have, and keep them for life? I call these people keep for lifers. Defined by you want to make sure they never go down the street to a competitor, they retire with you, and you can never see yourself being in business without them. It's such a great feeling to know that perhaps we all have people like that on our teams right now. Do you have any numbers for us, the Keep for Lifers? What percentage of a, of a typical employee uh, total would are capable of that, even that mindset? I got even a more dismal figure. If you have one or two, you're blessed. Really? You I are bet, blessed. Yeah. Why is it so low? These people are very, very special. I call them your can-do minimizers. They just get the job done with minimal effort. Yeah, and they're so dedicated. Now, preparing for the unexpected, 
Talk to us about that. One out of three business owners will die on their business. One out of four will become seriously ill. And Lori, eight out of ten businesses close within one year of that happening. Wow. And, un- and, un- and unfortunately, 70% of all business owners have done nothing about this. It's very hard to get a business owner to look at the end of the runway and talk about their mortality. So what should they be hearing from you today regarding that? Well, having lived through it as a cancer survivor, I know what you've got to do. It's not just your family you've got to protect. You've got to protect the families that depend upon your business, whether that's a vendor, a customer, a client, or an employee. There should be written contingency plans. Most business owners have been more uh, more conscientious about writing directions and instructions for babysitters uh-huh. when they've gone out of town in the past, when they've had young children. Than, than they've actually written down for people that they'll never talk to again. We have what's called a stay put agreement to make sure the people that really need to stay put in the event of your death do stay put, that they don't want to leave. Are your wills, your trust, your medical directives, your powers of attorney, are they updated? Is your buy-sell agreement updated, covering all triggering events and funded properly? Is your insurance enough but not too much? These are the kind of things that we look at. It's a nine-step program. As I, and I always say, I'd be naive to believe that the average business owner has not done a lot of this, I'd be more naive to believe that they've done all of it. Now, you talk about the fact that five out of 100 business owners can't maintain uh, their lifestyle in retirement. What is the number one reason why? Two reasons. They're very, very unaccustomed to living in an after-tax world. Now, let me give you you an example. I met with a client in Providence. He looked at me one day, sold his company about three months ago. He said, see that that $100,000 Range Rover in the parking lot? I said, yes. He said, I have bought one of those every four years. I deduct it right through the company, so it cost me about $60,000. I no longer have a company. Mm -hmm. So the next one I buy, it's going to cost me $150,000. I have to earn $150,000 to be able to net $100,000. It's a very, very difficult situation. When these people that walk away from their companies realize how much they really deducted, the meals, the travel, the cars, the health insurance, the football tickets, and that's now after tax, it's a very eye-opening experience. Now, Blueprints uh, blueprints for Tomorrow is exactly what it is. You provide blueprints to uh, entrepreneurs and CEOs and, and people within the C-suite ultimately for the planning, um, the succession planning, the key employee attraction and uh, uh, retention rather, and then the retirement uh, planning for the business owner um, so that they, they can you know not worry about these big things. What is the most common issue that all entrepreneurs face regarding these three areas? Actually doing it. Getting them to sit down and do the planning. We are great at working in our businesses. We're not good at working on our businesses. That's so true, isn't it? Now, you, as you've mentioned, you you can never work for anyone. You're an entrepreneur on your own. How do you define your entrepreneurial spirit? I've always wanted to control my own destiny. I did not. I'm the kind of person that's going to do 150% effort at whatever I do. So I didn't want to give 150% effort and have someone tell me I just got a 3% cost of living raise. And I've also, I've never asked anybody for anything. Financially, I've been on my own since I was 12 years old. I, I started earning money when I was eight, and I just I never asked anybody for an income. I, I just felt that that's something I could do on my own. Now, what are the key areas? So you work with entrepreneurs all day long. What are some of the common threads that you see regarding mindset? So we know that we can't pull the trigger because we're too busy um, getting the job done day to day. What are some other issues out there that you see come across yourself across your desk rather day in and day out i'm going to simplify that answer a lot of clients we deal with own businesses but they're not business owners and when i'm asked to clarify what does that mean i say they did not inherit it they're not trust fund babies they didn't go to wharton they all start out with what i call three p's and a d they want a place to go a paycheck and a position 
and he had this dream. They're not running it any more like a business 20 years later than they were 20 years ago. So you've got all these incredible quotes that we're going to get from you today. I love that. You, you, you said three P's and a D, right? Yes. Can you address each one of those for us again? Well, I also want to go back that I tr- truly believe to be an entrepreneur, you have to have three things. You have to have entrepreneurial spirit. You have to have the ability to manage a company. And you have to be technically knowledgeable about what you're doing. It's very rare that I meet a business owner that has two of those, let alone all three. So when I say three P's and a D, <clears throat> I want a place to go. I want a job. I'm 20 years old. I'm good at electrical. I want a good, solid job. I want a position. I like to, I like to be a president someday. I like to be the chief, okay? And I want a paycheck. I, want to, I don't want to be fired by anybody. And I've got this dream I could build a company. Now, just because I'm an excellent electrician doesn't mean I can build a profitable electrical company. I love that. It's so it's so profound, really. The entrepreneurial spirit um, and that ability to manage are not always, you know, down the same path that one would travel, you know, day to day, month by month, year by year, ultimately. Sometimes they are totally at odds with one another. What have you done to really bridge that entrepreneurial spirit with, with people out there, making sure that they do have the ability to manage? If they don't, they've got to surround themselves with people that do. You, you cannot, how do I want to put this delicately? You, you might not be able to manage. That's not something everybody can do. Then you better find someone that can do it for you. Right, and recognizing that is half the, the issue, correct? It's more than half. It's three-fourths the battle. You're right. Right. Now, okay, define that perfect entrepreneur out there for us. To me, it begins. Someone who's got a lot, of, a lot of entrepreneurial spirit, can really run a company, and looks at, it, his, looks at his or her business as a business, and they also understand the technical end of it. And I, I, like, I so admire what you do because you've got all three of those. You're very entrepreneurial. You're a great manager, but you know what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Well, I learned from the best, Nate Sachs. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> thank you. No, it's so true. Now, as you've grown and 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 you've worked with so many, well, three thousand, I think, was the number of three thousand businesses. You see, in the last forty years, yeah, I'd yeah, say so. That's incredible. So you have seen a lot of people do it right and a lot of people do it wrong. Can you give us, uh, you know, the differences between the two and and perhaps relate that to how they ultimately integrate their own teams internally, getting everyone singing? Uh, from the same songbook? Understand the U.S., the average business only lasts 10.2 years. And we all think business is big business, but it really is not. 76% of all employers still employ less than five people. Wow. 76% of all employers still employ less than five people. And 51% of all businesses are still running out people's homes. That's- so I think, getting the, I think getting the right people on the bus and the right seats and keeping them there is an art. But it's a necessity also. Now, it's a necessity and an art, as you've just said. Where does it break down the most? I think it breaks down the most on management. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the entrepreneur loses sight of the fact it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Right. So explain that further. It's not what you make, it's what you keep. The first client I ever had, I remember went bank. the first client I ever had that went bankrupt had a $20 million revenue year. And I was talking to his CFO. I said, how did that happen? I'm talking about this was early 80s. That was a lot of money. It's yeah, a lot of money now. A lot it's of a lot money. money. It was a, lot, a lot more money even then. And his answer was, we made $20 million, but it cost us $21 million to get there. Uh, no one kept sight on the expenses. That's so interesting, isn't it? And what a great informative response. It's, it is that simple, quite frankly. Now, tell us about a challenging time or a situation that could have devastated or even ruined the business, but you persisted. You made the tough decisions. And now that once painful memory serves as an invaluable learning experience. I, uh, I was diagnosed for uh, having renal cell carcinoma, kidney cancer, 
December 31st, 2015. And I just sat in a chair and when I got that diagnosis, and I, I couldn't even believe it. It was like an out-of-body experience. But my immediate reaction was, you know what? I've got payroll due every Friday. I've got a mortgage in the building we just built. I've got a son I brought in from Chicago across the country to start with us, disturbing his family and making them move. I've got a new hire coming in on Tuesday. I've got three new initiatives starting the first quarter. I could not be a cancer patient that owned a business. I was a business owner that had cancer. I could not separate those two. Just because I was in a bad place doesn't mean that my employees, my vendors, my 600 current clients could be in a bad place. So fortunately for us, we had put in for our own company that program, Preparing for Unexpected, and we were ready for this. I mean, emotionally, never ready. But on paper, we knew what had to be done, and we just we got through it. And besides being blessed that, the, that, I, that the, the, the cancer had not spread and was cured, we had the best year we ever had in 2016. Well, it, everybody knew what everybody knew what they had to do. Absolutely, and isn't that an incredible case study for you to share uh, with your you know current customers and potential? So tell us about the integrated marketing approaches that you've used to elevate the brand and create awareness, and maybe what's worked and what hasn't. I can tell you a lot of things haven't worked, but what I really, really feel good about right now, today more than ever, is social media. I think that LinkedIn is an incredible tool. You know, when it first came out six, seven, eight years ago, it was a glorified resume server, in my opinion. But now it offers so many more avenues to get your brand out there and get exposure for your company. I also love Facebook. My business owners are not going to look for you and me on Facebook, but they're on Facebook themselves. So we can figure out how to target them. It's golden. Yeah, it really is. Now, how are you using LinkedIn? We do a lot of um, a lot of newsletters, a lot of posts, uh, a lot of building our, our, our contact base, which is now close to 4,000 people. We've got, a, we've got a, 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 an opt-in, permission-only marketing piece called the Monday Moneymaker, which you have to opt in for, so no one ever opts out because they weren't pushed into it. Constantly contacting. We make sure that we have 10 to 20 contacts a day with that contact base. And what I call a non-threatening, how are you, Lori? How are you doing? What can we be doing for you? Congratulations on your fifth anniversary. Happy birthday. Never discussing us, making it all about them. Yeah, which is absolutely amazing. Now, uh, putting the, the time aside to, to commit to a weekly email program is not easy. What have you done to make sure that uh, hits the market no matter what? That, I'm very proud to say that's one of the projects that my son has done. He does very, very well. I have no clue. I mean, I'm not a person that's involved or even has embraced IT. I'm old school. I still use a Rolodex, I'm embarrassed to say. But he's, <laughs> he's got that sucker on autopilot. It goes out Monday, every single Monday, 52 Mondays a year. It, doesn't, and it does not depend upon him. It, just, it, hits, it hits our clients at 6 a.m. Central every single Monday. Yeah, that's fantastic. It is. But it's, it's consistent because if it's not consistent, people are going to want to know where it is. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, 40 years ago when you started in the business, the average person needed to interact with a brand three times to make a buying decision. And that was, you know, all things being perfect, uh, that the need was there. Uh, it was, you know, a quick sale, so on and so forth. Now that number averages 20. Uh, so the commitment that you've made to that uh, newsletter and making sure that the people within your database and the 20 new that you, you know, achieve each and every day um, are receiving that is key ultimately. Now, moving along here, the LinkedIn um, side has been very, very important for you. Are you using Sales Navigator or, or any of those tools to help you navigate and um, introduce yourself to, to prospects? I am a lover of a Sales Navigator. Mm. I think it's the greatest thing they've ever brought out. For, for $89, $90 a month, I can't think of a better investment for a business owner. I can put thousands of leads in there without having to ask them to accept me as a connection, and I can basically stalk them. 
in a good way. I know what they're doing. I can interact with them. And that's that's so very important in our business. Well, it is. And so let's talk through Sales nav- Navigator for a second. T- typically, uh, how I, and, and I use it as well, as you know. And what you just explained was the news, news feed. So if you, as a salesperson or you know someone on the marketing team, has defined um, the perfect uh, you know prospect, put it into Sales Navigator, and you then have information on that, not only that individual, but that business from a news feed standpoint. So if they appear in print publication or a newsletter or a podcast or uh, something um, that they pushed out via LinkedIn, you receive that information in your feed. So then you can then follow up with them, um, you know, uh, prod them with additional information that might be, um, you know, infor- that could help them, so on and so forth. So that tool allows you to stay in front of them and interact with them in a way um, that is totally relevant to something that they are dealing with at that moment in time. Um, totally agree with that. Yeah, it's it's it truly is a fantastic tool. We love it. And we have done a ton of prospecting for this show through Sales Navigator. And again, introductions and linking with people that definitely would not normally take place outside of a tool like that. So if you're listening today and uh, you have a New Year's resolution, take a look at Sales Navigator. It is uh, absolutely incredible. So how did you, um, or how rather would you define success? Uh, That is a big word for you because you are so successful. But is there a moment in time where you feel, Nate, that you've actually made it? Or is it something you're constantly looking for? I think success for me is waking up in the morning and being happy to go to work and not regretting that I've got to get up and go to work and and not, not waiting for Friday. But I do believe that you'd also become too complacent when it comes to success. Lori, I've got a client that's never made less than a million dollars a year. 25 years running. I never forget it when he tells me, the way I do it, I'm always vulnerable. I never go to work one day not believing I'm 90 days away from bankruptcy. Wow. A, de- a death, a major lawsuit, my key employee leaves, the bank calls our loan, a national competitor comes in, the government changes the rules. Now, I'm not saying you should run your business with that intensity, but he never, ever takes anything for granted. So, no, I think I found, I think I f- I found success, but I think I'm also a true believer it's easy to lose success. Yeah, so it I really ch- is. So, I cherish what I have and I do what I can to keep it. I love that example that you just gave because it really, I mean, that vulnerability, never losing it, really says that he is not an ego. I mean, he's a millionaire, you know, 20 times over, and his ego never, ever has let him forget that, uh, which is something really to be relished and, and cherished. Now, what one strategy or process have you implemented that if business owners and their teams could consist consistently apply every day would compound into big wins for them? It's going to sound very, very uh, quaint. And very parochial. I say just give, 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 give it away. Quit asking what's in it for me. Will I get this sale? Will I get this contract? What's the commission? What's the profit margin? Just give as much of yourself and your company away. And when it comes to writing a check, people will not forget where, they, where to go back to. You know what I love about that as well? I don't know how many times I can say love during this this interview that we've got today, Nate. But I, it, it has so much to do with personal branding. So you have an incredible personal brand out there um, that you've built through the Vistage Network, throughout you know speaking. And it's all about developing the blueprints for tomorrow that ultimately help people um, conduct their business better each and every day. Now, at the end of that, you've got products and services that you sell, but it's all the consultative side of what you do up front that ultimately gets you to the point of sale. Talk to us about that business model and what it's done to elevate your personal brand and the business. You know, we started charging fees, and we did a lot of fee work for many years. I made a lot of money doing it. 
And then I decided I just I didn't feel comfortable. I don't want to work for you. I want to work with you. So I don't want to charge a fee. I want to do what we do totally gratis, no charge whatsoever. All I ask in exchange is that if there's a chance to refer me to somebody, please do. And we've also got a financial services company that does sell product. If and when they can be a resource to you, use them. If not, no worries. I do not push round pegs into square holes. But what I have found is that the average business owner really runs their lives on what I call principle of reciprocity. If you do something for me, if I've got a chance to do something back for you, I will. And I get calls on a continuing basis from nowhere. People I did work for two and three and four years ago never charged a fee. They'll say, you know what? Now it's time that we need one of those products that we think you guys sell. Would you do it for us? Mm. You gave us a lot up front. We need to give this back to you. So by not asking for anything and not expecting it in return, it comes back to you, and, and, and I don't keep score. I, I love that. Now, what do you want to be known for? I want to be known for I want to be known for bringing value to people's lives. I want you to feel that you're better off for knowing me than you were if we didn't. Well, I tell you, you brought so much value to us today, Nate Sachs. And never forget to give, give, give. What incredible, incredible lessons that we've learned from you today. Thank you for appearing on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Lori, I think you're I think you're incredible and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avasetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.